Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass, there's a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Talk with Dave McMahon on News Talk 610 CKTB. Welcome to the show, everyone. Glad you could be here with us. Good evening, cats and dogs, ladies and gentlemen. I am sitting in the studio with Eric Straitmans. He's a professional dog trainer, all-around awesome guy, and he is the owner of Beyond the Leash Canine Training. And it's been a few years uh, since Eric's been uh, in the studio with me on the Dog Talk Show. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Eric. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing awesome. It's great to see you, and I'm so happy that you're here with me in the studio right now. A lot of people were pretty thrilled when I said Eric Straitmans is going to be uh, on the Dog Talk Show with me tonight. Yeah, some people were pretty thrilled I was just breathing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, man. And so, uh, so I've got a whack of questions. You know, I, I didn't want to script anything, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna script that. I'm gonna contradict myself. I'm gonna script that. I'm gonna go through a list of questions that I've I've prepared. But then we can just wing it. We can go all over the place. I want to talk dogs with you, and uh, we can go off track and have a blast as we always always do. Sounds good to me. I want the listeners to know that you can call in and. Uh, Ask a question to Eric or just say hello to Eric if you want. 905-688-2582. That number again is 905-688-2582. And toll free at 1-877-610-2582. That's toll free, 1-877-610-2582. And local, and I didn't say loco, or maybe I did say loco, 905-688-2582. We'll broadcast till 8 p.m., and I'll be in conversation with Eric Straitmans the entire time. Uh, Eric is a past apprentice of mine from approximately more than, I would say, 15 years ago? Oh, it's just, it was, I think, two, 1991, I think, I started with you. Yeah, yeah. Long, long time yeah. ago, Eric apprenticed under me to become a professional trainer, and he runs uh, the biggest dog training academy in the Toronto area. Very successful. Once again, his company is called Beyond the Leash Canine Training. He has an amazing staff, uh, great support with, uh, with all of his team, good bunch of people for sure. Um, you grew up in Hamilton. Yep. Born and raised. Born and raised. What kind of a kid were you? Were you a tough uh, kid? Were you a tough kid? Were you you got to be tough growing up in Hamilton. <laughs> you, you, you get lost. That's it. Did, did you have dogs as a kid? Yeah, lots of dogs. Yeah. So you had them all growing up. Yeah. Right? Uh, from about five years old on. Yeah, it was always your favorite animal, dogs. Oh, yeah. Well, I love my cats, too, but... Yeah, you like pussy cats? Yeah, cats are easy to deal with. You don't have to train them. Yeah, they train you. That's right. I always tell people, you don't really own a cat. A cat owns yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and a, you know what a cat, you know, a female dog is called a bitch. You and I know that. Of course. Trainers. Do you know what a female cat is called? No. A queen. I just learned that from my producer, Greg Campagne. Well, my girl here is a female cat then. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, go. There you go. Uh, so I would say, yeah, like decades ago, you came to me for training. What was one of your best memories of training under me? Now, I know the answer to this because I'm pretty sure it was a four-legged uh, memory when you were training with me. But what was your best, not trying to put words in your mouth, what was your best memory of apprenticing under me to become a dog trainer years ago? Uh, there's probably a few I can put my hands on. One was with Simba. Yeah. Doing a lot of bite work with Simba, the old Belgian Malinois, God rest his soul. I really enjoyed um, a lot of the therapy work we did when we visited the old age homes. And uh, we did a lot of work. And we did a couple times. We went to some elementary schools. That's right. some... Uh, child dog bite you know seminars and stuff like that that's right there's a lot of them yeah you and i were touring some uh local schools in the niagara region we went to hamilton once near concession on concession there i still got pictures of back then that's right we went down to hamilton down to the steel city there and we we taught kids how to keep safe around dogs you and i gave them advice on on how not to get bit by a dog and at that time you brought your dog minga minga and uh tell us about minga Oh, Mingo was, uh, she was pretty bad before I brought her to you, and then she became my demo dog for years. Yeah. Yeah, she was pretty smart. Yeah, and this Minga, the breed of dog, was she, she Border was Collie mix with... Border Collie Australian Shepherd mix, so... What a combination. Two pretty good breeds in one there. Right yeah, there. highly intelligent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you were apprenticing under me, uh, you grew uh, very close to my uh, dog, Simba. Yeah. Uh, you and him were great sparring partners. As you mentioned already, you enjoyed doing the personal protection training. Uh, would you say it was that, at that point in time that you fell in love with a breed of dog Absolutely. called the Belgian Malinois? Absolutely. That's why I have them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because of Simba. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about uh, tell us about your dogs, uh, Eric. I have two Belgian Malinois. One's uh, getting into her geriatric geriatric age. She's uh, her birthday's April first, and she'll be twelve years old. You're so, kidding. Yeah, she's getting a little slower, a little bit hip problems, but I, we keep feeding her the meds and a little bit of CBD oil now, too. I was going to ask her, do you yeah. put her on the CBD yeah, oil, we, or do you, do you use the Western medicine? What are you, what are you doing? A for little of both. A little of both. Yeah? We got her on, what's it called? Melo, Melo, melatoxin? Melo, yeah. I can't remember, but that's the, the one from the vet. And then we actually sell CBD oil at my school, so... yeah. We just put her on that, too. Well, it's certainly popular right now. Yeah. It's helping a lot of dogs. I've got my, uh, Bel- not my Belgian Melanois. I need to get another Belgian Melanois. I have my 11-year-old black Labrador retriever, Miley, on a, uh arthritis medication called Onsure. And uh, I can't believe Miley's already that age. Yeah, she's already 11. See how time flies? Yeah. I remember so, seeing that dog as a puppy at your school years ago. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like 11. <laughs> now, the the Melanois, the old, your oldest Melanois, that one's Beppe? Yep. And what about the others? She was adopted at four. Um, we also have Rogue at the house, which is, she's four or five years old now. So I got her as a puppy down in the States. Yeah, yeah. And what is it about the Melanois that really, really grabs your heart? What is it about the breed of the Melanois that you love the most? I love all dogs, of course. Um, but, you know, the Malinois, whatever any other dog can do, they can do better. Whether that be protection, whether that be agility, the jumping ability is off the chart. So, I mean, they can do just about anything. The obedience is phenomenal. Yeah. So just about anything. Yeah, and I know that you've done some of the frisbee and disc stuff with your dogs. Yeah, I'm big into that. I don't compete or anything, and I know I can blow the pants off most if I went to one. I'm just not about the competing with dogs again. I think a lot of the people that do that, 
you know, if, you know, it's great on them if they love doing that. But I think they more do it for the human rather than the dog. Yeah. I like to just go out and let my dog have a good time with me. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. And you're very interactive with your dogs. And, yeah. you're, and you, you give them a lot of fun. They get yeah. a lot of fun and off time. Hey, they get a lot of work time, too. So they have to have it followed by fun. That's you got to right. know that frisbee's coming, that ball's coming. That's right. And uh, so, so you apprenticed under me uh, years and years ago, and then you went off on your own to open your own dog training academy. Yeah, and I originally started in Niagara Falls. Yeah, so tell us about that. What happened with that? Um, well, I was married at the time, and uh, she was actually a groomer. And we, you know, I mean, seems like a perfect up. fit. Uh, a dog it trainer, <laughs> dog trainer opens. It was a not dog school. His uh, his uh, wife or girlfriend is a, is a groomer. You know, I mean, just in theory, it, yeah. it seems like that's going to work. Well, so so that didn't work. No. Marriage breaks up. The business is gone. So. Sure. Yeah. So you were in the falls for a bit, and uh, you did some training. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out too, uh, and I wanted people to know. Eric Straitman did a lot of volunteer work with the Niagara Falls Humane Society, um, uh, working with a lot of dogs there and uh, helping to rehabilitate them so they would become more adoptable. Yeah, I actually went there and uh, I'd, I'd be there about an hour every morning when I first started because you taught me how to train dogs. It's a different thing to know how to get a business. So I went there just more for experience than anything else. And what I would do is when you go to the Humane Society, some of these dogs, they make people walk them before they adopt them because they don't want to bring them back without actually seeing them. And some of the dogs were just jumping up and impossible to walk. They'd never get, they'd never get adopted. They'd be sitting there for six months. Yeah. So the uh, Niagara Falls Humane Society actually linked up with my website. and you, I would take one and start working with it, and they would put videos up of the progress, and I'd get a few adopted dogs that way. Yeah, and it's very rewarding to you. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about it. You absolutely love dogs. Um, and much like myself, you you offer basic through advanced obedience classes yep. at your facility in Mississauga. Correct. Yeah, and uh, you opened your facility in Mississauga. The first one, I believe, was it upstairs? Yeah, you went. You came to that one. I came to that one. Above, in, the, above the Midas muffler. That's right. It's a pretty right. small one back then. That's right. And there were certain dogs that would not be game for doing all the stairs. Yeah, actually, it, it was actually an advantage to have the stairs so we could train that out of them. It was a training opportunity, and yep. the people would say to Eric, I remember, oh, she's not going to do these stairs, and Eric would say, really? Well, I'm going to help you, and we're going to do it right now. Yep. And you would, through motivation and repetition, uh, and you would encourage the dogs how to do the stairs. You know stairs. what I miss more about that place than anything else? I did, you know, my, my other place is three times the size, fully air conditioner. Um, that place was upstairs. So I could spy on my clients coming to class, <laughs> and I would see them get out of the car and let the dog pull with all their might, and then they'd look up and see me in the window, and they're back to the heel position. <laughs> so I'd, Doesn't that drive you freaking nuts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, just like going to a personal trainer at a gym. You can't, the trainer can be great if you go home and eat McDonald's, sit on the couch, no matter how good that trainer is, nothing's going to work. What I'm doing now is I'm putting uh, some of my team outside in the parking lot. So when I say class dismissed and a group of my obedience class students exit the building, I've got about three or four of my team members who are standing there uh, critiquing them. Oh, your dog's a little too far ahead. You know, a lot, a lot of times I've been I've been in I've been in my area now for over ten years. I'll see people out with their dogs when I'm just driving around, and I'll roll down the window. Hey, put a J in that leash, and it looks like it was someone God's yelling at them. They don't yeah. even know where I am. I just yell at them. How many square feet have you got at this uh, big spot that you've um, got now? The actual training floor. I don't know about square footage, 
but I got the the building and then the, the the floor that we use for the training, and then I got a little raised ramp area for people, family members to sit and watch. Nice spot. Um, it's got to be about forty by fifty. Just the just the area to train in. I'm going to get you to give out your website a couple times, Eric. If you could do that, please. Yeah, it's www.beyondtheleash.ca. We're going to take a short break, and then we are going to return with the Dog Talk Radio Show. I'm Dave the Dog Man, and I'm sitting here with professional dog trainer Eric Straitmans, who is the owner of Beyond the Leash Canine Training in Mississauga. So stick around. Don't go far, because we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. to know now on Twitter at 610CKTV. Now, more Dog Talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610CKTV. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Radio Show. Glad you're here with us. Eric Straitmans is here. He's a professional dog trainer, uh, past apprentice of mine, graduated a long, long, long time ago. Give your website one more time, Eric. It's www.beyondtheleash.ca. You're going to be making an appearance at Wrens. Talk about it. Yeah, they just opened a new Wrens in uh, Heartland in Mississauga, and I'm going to be there on Sunday just to answer. I'm going to be there for about three or four hours answering puppy questions, training questions, whatever you need. Now, you yourself now train trainers. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, my first one had to be, it's got to be going on about 12 years now. Yeah. Yeah, how's that going? Good? Um, yeah, remember I brought two of them down to the school, and that yeah, had yeah, to be yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Brought, <clears throat> so it's going good. Yeah. You're, 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 you enjoy uh, mentoring others no, to be this, successful. this is my next one right here. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And uh, because there's no shortage of dogs. Nope. Absolutely. We need more trainers. How young will you take pups in your training classes? Um, I, I like to... It depends on the breed and size and temperament. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some dogs... They, I've had two golden retrievers come in and one was just too shy to be there at that moment. Maybe we could have waited a couple more weeks. But anywhere from about 14 to 17 weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about class size? Are your classes um, big, small? I can't remember. Almost roughly. always 11. 11. Some what? will have 12, some will have 10, but almost always 11. That's the number. And it works good for you. That's the number I find fits in that area without any confusion, without any 
too many people bumping into each other. What is your uh, small dog to large dog ratio in classes? Because I'm sure it's much like us. We don't really get tons of little dogs with us. Well, okay, you answer first. What, what it, would you say? Yeah, I'd say about 10, 15% are toy dogs, and then you yeah. get some medium ones. I get yeah. a lot of large ones because I used to, well, before I used to be a large guy. And, yeah. you know, with the collars and stuff, yeah. a lot yeah. of the foo-foo dog people don't want to use the collars. Yeah. So I don't get a lot of them. But I just put a video up on my page with a five-pound chihuahua. One of my apprentices, Steph, has a, about a six-pound chihuahua. They've been some of the best dogs in the school. For sure, yeah. Yeah, the little ones can learn. Little ones got to go to school, too. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you find, too, with, with a lot of people, not all, not all people that own little dogs, but with a lot of them, little dog starts going off at the mouth, the owner picks them up, says, stop that. They're hugging the dog. They're inadvertently rewarding the behavior. People ask me, what is the worst breed to train? And I say, no, it's the worst human. But I think a lot of people gravitate to that dog or that kind of person. For example, a pit bull. Some of the best dogs come to my school are pit bulls, but most of the people that get pit bulls, they want to, you know, it's some thug in Toronto that wants to be gangster. He's got a pit bull. That's not what a pit bull's for. They're really great family pets. But again, the people that get the chihuahua want to be Paris Hilton, put it in their purse. <laughs> you treat a five-pound dog like a 60-pound lab, and it's going to act like a 60-pound lab. Yeah. The first time I ever went to Toronto Wolfstock, I saw so many hey. people with little dogs in strollers. They were they were like baby strollers. My wife is like, no, Dave, that's not a baby stroller. That's a dog stroller. Okay, excuse me. I went I went to the indoor one. I'll never go there again. Too many people letting dogs cross paths and touch my dog, which was under command. I'm like, yeah. eh, I'm not coming here. It's just again. crazy. Yeah. Just craziness. Have you ever had to expel anybody from your classes? And if so, why? Um, there's been a few reasons. There's actually one couple I expelled because every, well, I can't remember, it was a long time ago now, every Wednesday night, they'd come in smashed out of their face, the humans. Liquored. And, and they're driving out of there, too. I didn't know, didn't know how to handle it. I just told them, we don't want you back anymore. Yeah. You can't be liquored when you're training your dog. Yeah. Yeah, And a lot of times you have to expel someone just because they're making the group experience. I got 10 people that are trying really hard with their dog, and this guy's just ruining the whole group experience. Yeah. Your tolerance for bull crap is very low. About zero. <laughs> That's right. With the people. Yeah. And much like myself, you're training the people to train the dog. And we need total compliance from these people. Absolutely. Otherwise, they're not going to get any results. I have this one client that came to me early when I went to Mississauga. And he's been sending me people left and right. He's a good guy he's for referrals. And I said, I hope you know what you're getting into. Like, you're telling the people what they're getting into. This is not... This is gonna, I got a nickname. It's called the Gordon Ramsay of dog training. So I'm a little <laughs> bit different. And he said the greatest thing I ever heard. He said, I just tell them that he's not going to worry about your feelings. He's going to care about the dog. The dog is first. Yeah. The human's yeah. feelings he doesn't care about. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a hard-ass coach on the people, yeah. but you're softer on the dogs. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. What is your preferred training caller to work with i kind of think i know the answer do you have a couple of training callers that you give your students uh, a choice between on the first day they come in and i have three or four different callers to choose from i i like the prong but that doesn't mean just because i like it your dog's in a prong yeah yeah um if, if i've had the biggest toughest dogs that can't do a prong at all there's one wolfie within two minutes of using it i put him on a martingale 
Yeah. Yeah, so you agree with with myself in the sense that there is no one collar that works for every dog. Each dog has their own temperament, disposition, personality, and uh, you're very open-minded as a trainer. I know that about you. And so you're going to use what's best for that dog. When they come in on the first day, which is a people orientation session, just like you, um, I stress keep the receipt, whichever one you pick. Because I'll make an educated guess, but I'll never know the right caller until I see the dog work with it. Uh, do you have any advice for anyone that's interested in becoming a professional dog trainer themselves? Um, the one thing I get from a lot of apprentices, and I always say this is wrong, I've had a few say to me, oh, I don't like people much. I, 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 I love dogs, though, so I'm going to be good at this. I go, no, you're not. You've got to be good with people because you're really training the person, not the dog. That's right. If it was just dog training, my life would be rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, yeah. I had a dude the other day. He, he shows up for, for class, right? His wife was there the first week. It was actually first week's orientation, second week, sit at the heel. So he shows up. Uh, it was the third week, and he says, do I have to stay? I said, you have to stay. I said, you have to do it. I'm going to train you. <laughs> he told. He smiled and said, good luck. Then you get the wife that's like, busting her butt sometimes, and the husband you know is letting the dog pull. Yes. And the wife's asking you why it's not working. I go, well, your husband is letting the dog pull for an hour. You've been busting your butt. He's throwing it all out the window. Yeah. It's human nature that we're dealing with. So many inconsistent people. Yeah. Uh, is there any breed of dog that you're not fond of? Uh, no, of course not. No breed prejudice. You love the pit bulls. I know that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Uh, I want to do a little bit of a segment called Speak Your Mind. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Now, there's no doubt about it. Eric Straitman's a very opinionated person, much like myself. I think that's why we see eye to eye. Uh, I would agree with that. We see eye to eye on most yeah. things. Yeah. And uh, I know dog breeders are very opinionated. You know, you got to feed this food, and you got to do this, and got to do that. Like they're almost hold them down. That's what all breeders say. Hold them down when they're being dominant. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that drive you nuts? Yes. Give them the alpha pin. Give them the alpha roll. Hold them down. Hold them down. Show them who wears the boots. You and I do not believe in pinning the dog down, holding him down. I think the only thing that should be negative towards a dog is a collar correction, even your voice. I don't believe in the word no. Raising your hand to a dog that shouldn't exist. No. So here we go with a little segment called Speak Your Mind. I'm going to say one, maybe three or four words. There is no correct answer. It's your opinion, Eric Straitman's. So run with it and feel free to give as long and of an we, opinion and we didn't as pre-plan, you want. We didn't pre-plan this, so I don't no, even know no, what's no. coming at me. You've already touched on callers a bit, but anyway, uh, prong callers. Prong callers. Love them as long as you're educated with them. Um, a lot of a lot of people buy them, for, and I see the people out there using them wrong. They should only be tight for a split second. I want to get out of the car when I see a German Shepherd pit bull. He's got a prong collar on. He's still being pulled. That's damaging to the dog. Yeah, yeah. Now e collars. Now, just before you answer, uh, wide range of audience, diversified listening audience. Some people are professional dog trainers. Others in our audience uh, could be everyday pet owners that don't necessarily know what an e collar is. So an e collar is an electronic training collar. Or the dreaded word shock collar that we don't like to use? Well, this is the universal yeah. nickname, as yeah. you know, for the e-collar. So, uh, your opinion of the e-collars? Um, e-collar work is great. Um, I wouldn't do it with my novice dogs. I do it with later on when people need a little more than just leash and collar work. Um, the brand of collar you use is very important. 
Um, I use ones mostly called Dogtras, and I haven't used one yet, but the educators are good because there's several levels. And when you're using an e-collar work, people don't understand. You actually do less of a correction because the idea is to find the one that's annoying and repeat it rather than turn it up and hurt the dog. Right. It's actually a less correction than I think than a prong collar, a good dog collar, or a martingale. You yeah. actually find a better level for the dog. Yeah. You mentioned the good dog collars. Do you use, do you get some students using those plastic, plastic prong collars known as the good dog collars? I've, I've moved from there, but there used to be a pet value and they only brought those collars in because I was selling them for them. And yeah. I know Renz keeps, keeps them and sells a lot of them for me. Interesting piece of uh, trivia slash history with that collar. Uh, the originator of that plastic prong collar uh, was Jerry Wolf, uh, president of Purina. Uh, not sure if he's still president of Purina, but he he was once upon a time, and he was the owner of the largest dog training academy in the world called Triple Crown Dog Academy. Yeah, they, located still, they still have the logo, Triple Crown, on it. In Texas. So the, he has the patent on that, Mr. Jerry Wolf on the Triple Crown Dog Academy out of Texas. And, yeah, so you, they still have that? They still have the logo yeah, on Yeah, absolutely. That and I actually, I'm surprised more pet stores don't have them, more people don't use them. Because it's actually a mid-range collar. I always call it the Goldilocks syndrome. Prong collar was this porridge was too hot. The Martingale collar, this porridge was too cold. Put him on the Good Dog collar, Triple Crown. That porridge was just right. I love it. Taking a short break, and we're coming back to have more awesome conversation with Eric Straitmans. If you want to say hi to Eric, if you have a question for myself or Eric. 905-688-2582 905-688-2582 toll free at 1-877-610-2582 I will say the number slower in case you're hammered in case you're drunk on a Monday on a Not, Monday night that's right 905-688-2582 I repeat 905-688-2582 toll free 1-877-610-2582 we'll take a short break we'll come back with more Dog Talk. I'm Dave McMahon. This segment brought to you by Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital. Where all the voices gather. News Talk 610... CKTB. This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610, CKTB. Welcome back to the only radio talk show in this mighty fine country of Canada that is 150% dedicated to dogs and to the people that own them right here. Dog Talk Radio Show with me, Dave McMahon, every single Monday night worldwide, 7.05 p.m. till 8 p.m. All shows are podcasted and can be heard on the radio station's website, which is 610ckTB.com. You don't even need the W's anymore. 
Go 610CKTB.com. You'll hear the podcast of this show. It'll be up about half an hour after we finish the live broadcast tonight. And you can share that podcast on social media with your dog friends. We're doing a segment called Speak Your Mind, but we're going to just take a quick phone call right now. We've got, uh, I believe it's Emma calling in from Mississauga. Good evening, Emma, and welcome to the Dog Talk Radio Show. Oh, hi. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, it's kind of an embarrassing question. I have a... You can't embarrass Eric and I. We're both <laughs> dirty old dogs. <laughs> well, because I can't talk about this with friends because they they're shocked, but I have a poo eater. <laughs> a poo Very eater. common. Very common. Okay, go ahead, Eric. For numerous reasons. Go ahead. Um, a lot of the, a lot of that's more of a vet question to me because sometimes it's a nutrition problem. Um, the one I hate is, and you, you know this as well, some dogs have been hit so much for peeing in the house, pooing in the house, that they actually hide the evidence. No. They're eating it to hide their evidence. Hopefully, that's not your case. No, no. A lot of it's a lot of it's nutrition. I got a I got a dog. She doesn't eat her own poo, but in her year, earlier days, she used to eat cat litter like it was granola bars. Yeah, and yes. then she'd come give you a kiss. You'd be like, ah, get out Some of here. Some dogs <laughs> enjoy a hot meal. Yeah, yeah. Oh There's yeah, no two ways about it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little advice. Uh, right now, you need to prevent it. You need to have at least a month of. The absence of the behavior, if that makes any sense. Create the absence of the behavior to break the psychological cycle. So the dog's going to go out with you on leash, and you're going to not allow the dog to eat the stool. You're going to break the cycle. You're going to do your very best to prevent it from happening. Now, one thing. If you ever happen to catch the dog... Uh, eating the kaka-poo-poo, one of the things that I love to do to the dogs, if I catch them putting their mouth on it, is I blow a small boat air horn that I purchased from my one of my use favorite the, use stores, that a lot. the Bass Pro Shop in oh. uh, St. Niagara on the Lake, and I... And the trick is to startle the dog right when they have the poo-poo in their mouth. And they will learn not to pull that crap again. Thanks for your call. Got to let you Love go. It. Thank you. You're welcome. So blow the boat air horn, and then you can scare the crap out of the dog. <laughs> for sure. And again, it's a vet question, but they have additives to foods that can make the make it a little bit better. Again, it's not my expertise, so that would be asked to a vet. Yeah, or the boat air horn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the horn idea. Thank you, Emma, from Mississauga. Appreciate your call. We are doing a little segment called Speak Your Mind. Uh, dog trainers are opinionated, especially Eric Straitman's. <laughs> I say that with love to you, Eric. Uh, so I'll say one or two, maybe three, four words, and you run with it. No right or wrong answers. Dog parks! I hate them. <laughs> Very simple. hate them. I, if man, Dog parks would be great if there was some kind of thing that you had to go to a trainer or something to get a badge to come in. It's never your dog's fault. It's the jerk that brings in the the dog that shouldn't be there, attacks a dog that is socialized well, but it one fight for two or three minutes. Now they're calling me saying, I can't walk my dog down the street. He got in a dog fight last week at the dog park. Now we were thinking about giving him up because he's a liability. And that can happen that fast. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, most dog parks have a legal waiver by the city saying, hey, they're, they're waiving their rights of any legal matters because they know the fights happen there. It's just Russian roulette. Yep. You just don't know the outcome when you Picking take Picking up dog. germs, that's where they all get kennel cough in my eyes. That's right. All right, speak your mind, kids in your dog training classes. Now, I've noticed you've had some children graduate your programs as we have at our school, and I think 
myself that a lot of kids can make some excellent handlers. Uh, your opinion on uh, coaching kids in dog obedience classes? A um, couple things here. First off, sometimes the kids listen to me much better than the adults. <laughs> They're more attentive. Um, when I get some clients come in and they got this giant German Shepherd, Husky, whatever, and they're bringing up a six-year-old, and I want to get the six-year-old involved, but I'll say to the client, why don't you do the first two or three lessons? Let's get some structure here first, then we can hand it off to the six-year-old. Couldn't agree more. Got to get some control on the dog I got, I got my stepdaughter here. She's one of the better dog trainers I know. She might be the new me soon. Yeah, and she seems to really like you, so you're doing a good job. Uh, I've, tri- I've tricked her well. Now, i got to tell you, Eric, I'm sure you are familiar with the new lingo, uh, but I'm sure it just slipped out over habit, because for years and years, people would say, my stepson, my stepdaughter, because myself, the guy you're looking at, me, Dave McMahon, I've got stepkids too, and I've got some kids that I've sired with Debbie. Now... They call them bonus kids now. So this is your bonus daughter. Well, she's my only one because I never had any of my own. <laughs> See? So she's your more, more than a bonus. She's your bonus. Right on, man. Uh, do you still dislike teaching private lessons? You prefer the I, group training? I haven't done a private lesson in about 10 years. And is the reason for that in case you're not clicking with somebody? Um, there's a couple reasons. One, the main reason is because I don't think it's a great environment to train. When you train, and my girlfriend here, will, my fiancé will attest to this, the first day is usually nuts. But then when you get control over week two, three, four, now you're in an environment with 11 other dogs, 20, 30 other people in a room. It transfers well to the public. Who needs their dog to behave when they're alone at home? I need my dog to behave when i got a dinner party, when I'm out in public, at the beach, at a festival, where the dog's going to just translate that really, really well. Yeah. The other reason is, like you were saying, and you know, some clients you know, you're not going to click with very well. And when you've got a class of 11, sometimes the, you, know, you just work with the ones that are working with you, and that almost kicks the other ones in the butt. If you've got a private client that you don't click well with, that hour will seem like a week. And that... it's, it's a struggle to get through to them. <laughs> And there's no example. Sometimes you got a bad client. The other eight that are doing well are the example. It does work. And every time Eric and I say client, we're talking about the human, just so you guys know. We've never had a problem with a dog, have never, we, Eric? Never, It's the people that can be uh, uncoachable sometimes or tricky to coach. Yes. But we do have a lot of great Some clients. of them are great. <laughs> Some of them not so much. Last time I saw you, you were how much heavier than you are now? Um, I was about 240, pretty much a pure muscle. You were a massive brick yeah. doghouse. Even six months ago, I was pretty... You were huge. Yeah. You were working out, pumping iron. You were on the keto diet, correct? Yes, yes, I was. Lifting iron, I'm telling you. Did you, did you, get in, did you dabble into the steroids a bit? Uh, not recently, growth, but... Growth hormones? Years ago, in my, I'm 49 now. Years ago in my 20s, maybe early 30s, I, I was into that a little bit. Not anymore, though. Because you were massive... Yeah. You know, and and one day, uh, all of a sudden, uh, you your health started to decline. Yeah, it was back in November 17th. Yeah, can you tell us about that? Um, we'll get into it a bit, then we'll slide away to commercial, we'll come back, and we'll, we'll do more of it. Funny thing is, I worked out heavy doing cardio that whole week. I just joined a new gym. We just bought a house, and I joined a new gym near that house. I was doing cardio 45 minutes an hour, no problems, lifting heavy weights. Geez, no wonder you got into trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, and then one day I just having chest, uh, not chest pains, because I didn't even have that. I had like chest congestion, sore jaw. 
Um, I couldn't. I had trouble breathing. One night I I was gurgling while I was sleeping, like we could hear liquid in my lungs. Rushed went to went to the hospital on my own. My oxygen was at sixty eight percent, which is damn near. I'm gonna faint. That they told me. They said you were crazy driving here by yourself, and then everything happened from there. Okay. I never left the hospital from November seventeenth to well, I went to two different hospitals. Never came home till January twenty first. You were in a coma. Um, well, what I had was they re- they gave me an angiogram, which showed blockages, and they put me up for a bypass just in a few days, and I had a triple bypass, but I had something else called myocarditis, and my body went into all these different arrhythmias. They had a, I, 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 went, I was almost gone, and I went into a coma for three weeks. Three weeks. Yes, three weeks, not three months. I was in the hospital okay. three months. Okay, I have to amend that. Little yeah, I noticed you put that there. Three months. I thought that might have been a typo because I was in the hospital yeah. for three months. Coma That's three what weeks. It was. Three weeks in a coma. I lost over seventy pounds. I think you were fading away in there. Yeah. But I knew you'd come through it because mm. you're strong. You have a lot of determination. You're stubborn as hell. All the doctors at Trillium say I'm a miracle, and they all want to see me now when I go to uh, follow-up appointments because they all want to meet Eric that cheated death. I'm telling you, you had the open-heart surgery. You went into a coma. You came out of it. My, uh, then I had a leaking heart valve, which I had to have a second surgery for. Beautiful. Yeah. One thing after another. Yeah. There was two more surgeries after that. Give out your website to the listeners, please, Eric. It is www.beyondtheleash.ca. Right on. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back with more conversation with Eric Straitmans, who is, if you've been listening, a professional dog trainer and the owner of a very successful dog training school in the Toronto area called Beyond the Leash Canine Training. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. to you by Main West Animal Hospital. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTV. Dog Talk Radio Show. Uh, good evening to all of you. Again, welcome back. Uh, we're in conversation with Eric Straitmans. So his school, uh, Beyond the Leash Canine Training, continued to operate while he was in the hospital due to your very supportive team. Yes, and the ones right beside me, my fiance Melissa, yes. really took the bull by the horns and got it controlled. And there's a bunch of people I'd like to thank. The team first, Jen Broadbent, Claudia, I'm not even going to think about guessing her, her last name. Is, <laughs> is 
it one of those hard to say names? I don't even want to attempt it. That's okay, it. Claudia. Um, then I had Stephanie Rose, um, Cash, my good friend, who was my apprentice seven years ago, took the horns. A lot of other people like Soren, uh, Sean Murphy. There was a lot of people that helped out, kept it alive. And the one thing that blew me away is my fiance built a GoFundMe page. Yes. It's not like I was broke, but being away from the business for almost four months, that's a problem. And the GoFundMe page went on my community, my group page, which is the Beyond the Leash family. And they really, everybody that donated to that, I have to thank you. Because without that, we would have been in a lot of trouble. But yep. there was, like, I don't want to say how much money, but there was thousands, <laughs> thousands you, donated. You got a lot of support yep. from people that really cared about you. Um I was going to mention uh, the name of the Facebook page again. Is it the name of the business page? Yeah, it's I, I, Eric, Eric Straitman to be on the leash canine training. Yeah. And uh, I don't use a fan page. I have one, but I'm never on it. I like the group page because to me, the fan page, me, 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 me. The group page is very interactive. They ask questions. Some of my older clients been around forever are answering the questions for the new novice clients. It's very people are putting their own videos up of their training at home. I love the group page. Yeah, for sure. And and so uh right now you're on the road to rehab. Yep. I just I'm I'm about there forty percent of the time now. I just did my first full day. Um I basically when I got out of the hospital, I couldn't even lift my leg off the bed when I first when I was first came to. It's like learning how to walk all over again. How has this changed you? Are you a different person today, uh priority wise? Um I'm still gonna be be the same Gordon Ramsay of dog training, but I think I'm generally outspoken and a nicer to point. I'm a little nicer maybe when you get through something like that. I shouldn't be here today. I'm very lucky. Gotta thank all the staff at Trillium Hospital too. Um there's so much support. I shouldn't even be here, but I'm very lucky and I'm not gonna take this second chance as you know, flash in a pan. I'm going to work my butt to get even more stronger. My diet's totally changed. You brought up keto. Yeah, you were into the keto diet Ten like years. crazy. Ten years. And your, I still, body was, your body had no, no fat. It was all I, muscle. I don't want to say that's a bad thing, but I may have had a pre, you know, a heart problem you already. existing heart which problem, Which eating think? meat and salt is that's all you're eating. Okay. I'm pretty much, I've, now I'm eating something called Mediterranean diet, and I'm actually leaning towards vegetarian Okay. I thought you said, that, or I, did I hear it on the street, or you told me, I can't remember, uh, on the street. Yeah, I was on the street there in the alley, <laughs> you know, talking to somebody. Where do you hang out here in Niagara yeah, Falls, there, yeah, Dave? And, uh, could have been St. Paul Street. Uh, I can't remember which street it was. Uh, Lundy's Lane, uh, Clifton Hill. Uh, Center Street, Niagara Falls. Maybe it was there, yeah. And uh, somebody said uh, you were doing a plant-based diet or something? Or? Well, I'm just kind of transitioning into that because I had nutritionists come into my house. And she suggested not everything works for everybody. So I was originally doing what's called the Mediterranean diet, which is a lot of fruits and vegetables and a little bit of chicken, uh, to, uh, salmon, stuff like that. But I'm kind of transitioning to plant-based totally. You Last are. three days. I'm so going, ke keto is behind no, you. Keto, keto, I, keto, keto was kill not me, a good no. fit for you. It would no. kill you. All the meat and the high fats, yep. no good for your heart. Yep. And you've got like you've got what, what's in your heart again? Like what is what, what did they put in? Um, I mean they they uh, well they did two things. They put a uh, micro mitra clip which stops the leaking heart valve. That's what it's called. And then I got an ICD, which is kind of like a more advanced pacemaker because it's a defibrillator and pacemaker in one. Okay. Now they said I probably won't ever need that. Hopefully, knock on wood. Um, but it's there. But it's there. It, they explained to me like this: it's like walking around with a trained paramedic and an ambulance with you twenty four seven. 
It kicks in when you need it. It kicks in if your guard goes too high or it goes too low. It's always there monitoring you. Right. And there's actually, a, I think it's sent, and they actually have it on computer at the hospital or wherever, all the, you know, the readings that it's giving. And your your goal, I mean, I'm, just, I'm not putting words in your mouth or anything, but I can imagine your goal is not to come back over time with the same amount of muscle that you had Absolutely. before. That kind of workout could be too stressful. Um, I mean, what do I know about working I, out? I just did something called a uh, stress test today, and I'm starting something called cardiac rehab, where they really start to push you on that. Right. And really, the sky's the limit, but I, I'm 49 now. I don't need to be a big, you know green hulk guy i hope to be in a little better shape and i want to get some more size in my shoulders which you see i lost yeah so you're gonna but be toned you're gonna i'm gonna, be I'm gonna try and toned. yeah i want to right now i'm uh in the hospital i got down to 172 or something like that yeah and now i'm 196 i think my goal is to be about 210 215 yeah not the 245 i used to be <laughs> those days are gone yeah yeah you're gonna get any more dogs um <laughs> or are you going to wait? Between the two of us, we got four dogs and a cat. How but... many are you allowed in Mississauga? Like in the falls in St. Kitts here, St. Catharines, I think you're allowed yeah, three dogs I think, per household. I, I think it's the are same, pretty, yeah? but um, my her, my fiance's dogs flip back and forth with the ex-husband, so they're not really technically at our house Shared custody. Time. Yeah. Oh, Shared there's a lot of dogs. that. Yeah. <laughs> so we got two American that. Bulldogs that are gigantic and two Belgian Malinois. <laughs> right on. And you've got a swimming pool at this place that yep. you're at, this yep. house. So Never got to enjoy it. I just bought it October 1st. So That'll be nice this summer. It'll be good for you. Nice for a little heart rehab just to lie out there, I hope. And I want to mention about the school again. The school is located in Streetsville, Mississauga area. If no? you don't know about Mississauga, it's like little boroughs. They think they're New York. Um, <laughs> but there's a nice little area called Streetsville, and it really feels like you're Two hours up north on Highway 6 at some little town. Right. And the school's located there. Yeah. And so your website, once again, I know you've given it out a few times. www.beyondtheleash.ca. And I got a lot of things coming up this summer. On uh, June 20th, Streetsville is running a dog fest that apparently they got over 500 dogs to last year on a trial. And uh, we're going to have a booth set up and demonstrations all day long. I'll be doing demonstrations at Wren's Pet Depot, Oakville, Twice in April, twice in May, and twice in June. June. There's no date set. That's still coming, but you, people can see it on my on my group fan group or my group page on Facebook. Do you think there's an oversaturation of dog trainers? Do you think we're we, we have a shortage of good dog trainers? No, um, shortage of good ones maybe, <laughs> but yeah. hopefully we're trying to fix that. I got yeah. a bunch of up and coming ones that are amazing now. I mean, you're not worried about, you're not worried about competition. No, not at all. Much like myself in yeah. the Niagara region here. I want I want I am not worried about competition. The one I got two right now that are done. I consider them they work for me. I got another one that opened a school in Burlington. She's doing really I want to see them do well because that just makes me do better. Eric, thank you for joining me on the Dog Talk show tonight. Yeah, it was too short. <laughs> I know, but we'll have you back for yep, sure. Yep. And uh, I wish you the best luck in business. I wish you the best of luck in your health. Well, I owe a lot of the business part to you, Dave. Well, uh, you were uh, an awesome apprentice, and you were the top of your class. And I'm very proud of the uh, the professional trainer that you've become today. I'm very proud Appreciate of you, Appreciate it. And thank you so much again. Thank you, the listener, for tuning in. You'll be able to catch the podcast of the Dog Talk radio show. You can share it with your friends on social media. 
Go to the radio station website, 610ckTB.com. That's 610ckTB.com. Click to where it says shows. You'll, you'll see the podcast. It'll be up probably knowing our producer, Greg Campagne. No pressure, Greg. Probably by, before uh, 8.30. Oh, yeah, you'll have it up. And you can share it, share it, and there you go. And it's commercial-free. Some people are pressed for time. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and uh, take a trip to Eric Straitman's website. Check out his Facebook page. I look forward to talking to you next week. I'm Dave McMahon, Toodaloo. This segment brought to you by Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital.